But hey everyone, before we get into the video, I wanted to mention something real quick. I've recently started streaming some video games on Twitch, so if that's something you might want to check out, please do. I'm trying to get my followers up, so if you want to just come hang out and maybe watch me play some games, maybe that could be fun. The link to my Twitch will be at the top of the description and in a pinned comment, or you can just go to twitch.tv slash southerncannibal. Really simple. I'm going to be playing a little bit of everything, so consider giving me a follow and maybe stop by and say hi sometime. Alright, I guess that's enough shameless promotion. Time to get into the stories. So this happened a few years back when I had just graduated college and I decided to take a week off and blow off some stress camping in the mountains with one of my good friends who I'll call G for his privacy and his girlfriend H. My friend and I have always been avid outdoorsmen and we often hunt together as we both came from very rural areas. So when we go camping, we don't like campsites. We always go deep into the bush where there's no cell service and very few trails. H hadn't had a lot of experience camping and she was really excited to try it, but just a little bit nervous about going off a trail. So we agreed to stick to some more remote mountain paths so she could have an easier time and she and I could still get away from the more beaten paths in our area. One other thing I should mention is that there's mountain lions as well as other predators where I lived. So I packed my revolver just for some protection. When we started, nothing really interesting happened for the first few days up there. It started up as a normal trip. We hiked 18 miles up a trail on the first day, set up a base camp near a mountain stream, and spent the next two days fishing, hiking, and all around just relaxing. We saw some deer and even a bear, but it didn't give us any trouble. H was pretty happy, and she took a ton of pictures for almost any creature that crossed our path. The strange thing happened on the evening of our fourth day there. We were sitting around our campfire talking and making a meal out of some fish we had. When G then said, Hey, are those some other hikers? It was getting dark, but you could see a group of about three people coming up the trail. Now, usually running into other people isn't too uncommon while you're camping, but we had hiked a good deal into the woods, and we had chosen a rather unusual trail to get away from people. So it was a little bit weird to see someone coming into our area. I don't know, I'll go check it out, I said, and I left to go see what they wanted. As I then approached, I could hear them talking in Spanish. Now, I actually speak in Spanish fluently because I had lived in Mexico for a time, which tends to catch most people off guard because I'm fairly white. But usually when I find Spanish speakers, I love to practice my Spanish with them. But there was something about how these people carried themselves that was a little off-putting. Hey, how's it going? I called out to them when I got close to them. All three of them stopped talking and then looked out at each other. I almost went to speak to them in Spanish in case they couldn't understand me when one of them spoke. Hey man, sorry. My buddies here don't speak English. But I think we got lost back there on one of the trails. And we were really hoping someone could point us in the right direction. And if you happen to have some water, that could help too, because we're running a little low. Now, I was very skeptical that these folks were actually lost, because the trail we followed had no forks in it, and it was a fairly straight shot to a road. But I wasn't going to turn them away if they needed water, 
so I agreed to fill up their water. As I walked back to camp, I kept talking to the one who spoke English, asking him why I was hiking up here if he doesn't do much fishing, but he kept making vague and weird answers, which had a few alarm bells ringing in my head for me. But what really got me on edge was that the other two kept completely silent and would then look at each other, then look at me. I expected them to at least have some conversation with each other in Spanish, but there was nothing. I then kept telling myself that I was just being paranoid, and I was debating on striking up a conversation in Spanish with one of them, but something just told me then I shouldn't let them know that I could understand them. G&H returning to the fire when I got up to the camp, and I invited the group to warm themselves by the fire and help themselves to some of our food while I would fetch a water filter from my tent. I did look back at the silent two as I entered my tent, and I caught them checking out H when her back was turned to them. It wasn't a quick ordeal, but the two of them had a long, hungry stare, kind of like a cat that's about to pounce on a mouse. That alone convinced me that I needed to get these people out of here as soon as possible, and I was already regretting having decided to help them. While I got my filter, I did decide to conceal my pistol in my waistband just in case, as I no longer trusted them and I wanted to feel some level of protection. And even though I had my pistol, it did almost nothing to make me feel any safer. When I emerged from the tent, I noticed that G was trying to talk to the guys, but it seemed like he was getting much of the same vague answers that I got, and it seemed to me then he was also starting to feel uneasy about these guys. I interrupted G, and I had told the man who spoke English to follow me to the stream so I could fill up their bottles. As we were leaving the camp, I caught the other two eyeing H again. I noticed that G saw them too, but he kept his mouth shut, probably not to escalate the situation. When we reached the stream, I had started pumping the water while G made empty small talk to the one guy. But what really scared me was the other two were now talking in vivid detail about what they were going to do to us that night. It took all my willpower not to show any emotion, but I was very panicked at this point and I was in a cold sweat and these two men kept laughing about their plans. I won't go into too much detail, as it was pretty horrific, but they wanted to wait until we fell asleep, then they were going to attack me and G, and then take H deeper into the woods, and then do God knows what to her. As I was finishing the last bottle, the guy who was talking to G came up to me and asked if they could spend the night at our campsite, since the sun had almost set. After what I had just heard, there was no way I was letting them stay near us, so I told him no, and that there was a clearing in the woods about 15 minutes north of us, and that they could make it up there to set up camp if they left now. He was being pretty persistent about staying here, but there was no way in hell they were staying with us. Eventually they said goodbye, and started down the trail, but I then heard the guy I was speaking to saying to the others, they'll wait till 12 before coming back here. As G and I walked back to the camp, I filled in G on what I had heard, and we both agreed that we needed to get the fuck out of here. As soon as we got back to H, we told her we need to get out and to start packing immediately. She was a little nervous, but as soon as I explained that those people were planning to attack us, she flew into action. We raced to pack the tents, and H put out the fire, and as the dark fully enclosed the woods, we were running out of there, with G leading the way and me pushing H down the trail. After some tripping in the dark, G decided we would be harder to follow if we went off trail, and he was pretty certain that we could outhike them through the brush if they tried to follow us, and even though H was wide-eyed terrified, she agreed. 
so we turned off the trail, pushing through underbrush and bushes. My lungs were burning from the exhausting hike, but adrenaline powered me through the pain. After half an hour of rough travel, we had heard some rustling in the bushes the way we came. We didn't know if they were following us because I never heard any voices, but this just made us move faster. We were pushing downhill, and more than once rocks and dirt gave out underneath my feet as we pushed on, but not a single one of us said a word. We just kept going. H took a nasty slip when a rock gave way under her, and she ended up rolling on her foot, but with a few curses, she limped her way forward. When we reached the bottom of the hill, we could hear branches snap near the top of where we came. We were beyond terrified at this point, so I drew my pistol and then yelled in Spanish that they need to keep the fuck away from us. I then fired a warning shot in the air just to let them know we were armed if they were following us. After the gunshot, the sounds of the moment stopped and we hauled ass back through the woods till we came out on another trail, which we raced downwards until we eventually came back to our cars. It was around 7 a.m. the next morning, and even though we were bone-tired from almost running 18 miles back through the woods, and the sun was now rising, we didn't stop until we reached the nearest town. We did end up reporting the incident to the local police and gave out descriptions of the three men, but as far as I've heard, nothing ever became of it, which is fine, as I'm really just happy my friends and I made it out safe. This was by far one of the most dangerous situations I've ever been in, and it easily could have ended far worse. I never expected knowing a secondhand language possibly saved my life, but I'm glad I do know it. Remember to stay safe and always trust your gut when you meet strangers, because you might not know what their true motives are. Hey everyone, apologies for the brief interruption on the scary stories, but I want to thank today's sponsor ShipStation for sponsoring today's episode. Online shopping isn't slowing down anytime soon. With ShipStation, you'll never have to worry about shipping again. Make the switch to a solution that handles all your shipping needs quickly, affordably, and painlessly. ShipStation is already trusted by over 100,000 e-commerce sellers. You can keep track of your orders from any sales channel, easily find the best shipping carrier with deeply discounted rates, and automate just about any shipping task with just a few clicks. I personally know a few people who have their own businesses on Instagram and Etsy, and their favorite thing about ShipStation is how easy it is to use and how much money they save. You can manage every order, whether it's Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or even your own website, from anywhere, even your phone. Ship more and less time with ShipStation. Use my offer code CANNIBAL to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in Cannibal. ShipStation. Make ship happen. So me and my family go on vacation every summer, and it's always somewhere different. Well, the summer when I was 19, we went to Assateague Island to go camp on the beach with the wild horses. The place was beautiful and it was a really great experience, for the most part. So the layout of the campground is really important to this story. There was multiple campsites in a line on the sand dunes by the beach. There was a path every couple of campsites that led to where the cars were, and down there, there was a sidewalk. Now, there was only a bathroom every like couple of dozen campsites, 
So we had a nice little walk to get down there. Because my family are avid campers, we never walk anywhere alone, bathroom or anything. My younger sister, who we'll call A, was 15 at the time. Her and I walked down to the bathroom. At this bathroom, there was two toilets with pull-across style curtains and two showers that were connected by a wall. But it was just pieces of wood that didn't go all the way to the ground and then a roof over both showers. When we got down there, we were lucky enough that both showers were open. A and I were sharing shampoo and body wash, so we were talking the whole time, just kind of joking around, and we would tap the joining wall to let the other one know when it was time to switch soaps. Well, a good few minutes into our showers, there was a knock on my shower wall. It started as two knocks that disrupted our laughter. Then it got quiet, and the only noise was the shower heads, and another two knocks, but on a different wall. I was frozen in fear, and I had asked my sister to confirm that she wasn't knocking. She told me it wasn't her, and I could actually hear the fear in her voice. Me being older, I really wanted to protect her, but I didn't even know from what. I said that I thought maybe, but highly unlikely, that maybe it was one of the horses like nearby or something. We went about two more minutes being on edge in silence, until someone knocked again, but on my sister's shower wall this time. An eerie voice on the other side of the wall sounded like a young man, and he had a city dialect. He said, Hey, girls. <laughs> Followed by a deep, maniacal chuckle. He then continued with, Can we join you? And my sister and I both were completely frozen. I was now covering myself because I was afraid he was going to look into the showers. I responded back to him with, No, who even are you? And he said, Oh, come on. It'll be fun. And with that same maniacal laugh yet again, and I both just went silent, waiting for the fear to subside. We didn't hear him walk away, and we couldn't really tell if he was alone because he said we, but we didn't hear another person. When we were done showering, I'd used my phone flashlight to look under the shower walls, and I didn't see anyone, so we got dressed in the stalls. I opened my door first and peeked around, but I didn't see anything. I then gave aid that the coast is clear. We ran back to our campsite as far as we could and then told our parents what had just happened. My parents were not happy and they said if we had to leave the campsite again that we had to take one of them with us. Well, fast forward to the next morning. My mom got up early and went down to the bathrooms and there were six police cars parked and circling the parking area. My mom asked a bystander what was happening, and he said that there were two teenage boys that were arrested that morning from the campsite behind the showers for something to do with a teenage girl. My mom saw the rest of their family loading into a car and heading out. My mom came back up to the site and told us what happened. Apparently, the police were interviewing people. We never told them what happened, and we left that day. I'm still terrified when I think about that voice. I'm not sure what those boys did, but I think it was a lot more than talking through a shower wall if there were that many police officers there. I feel really awful about whatever happened to that girl, but I really think it saved my sister and I that we happened to be down there together that night versus alone. When I was in the Vietnam War, I was close to a younger man who we'll call Mitt. Mid had a wife and three kids. 
He was in his 20s and I was in my 30s, getting closer to my 40s. As you all know, this war was one of the worst wars to ever happen. I got out of the war alive, but it came with PTSD. Mitt was actually taken by some Vietnamese soldiers, made a POW, but it came with haunted memories, self-medicating, and loads of PTSD. Mitt became a shell of himself. His kids were already in high school by the time he was rescued. His wife had kicked him out after coming home to find him drugged out in the bathroom and cheating on her. I was already an established man at this point. I'm a father of four and I have a really wonderful wife. I went back to college and I'd got a bachelor's degree in illustration. When I learned about what happened with Mitt, I was surprised but I wasn't too shocked. He then moved into a house across from his ex-wife. All three of us live in the same neighborhood. Mid and I have talked it out and he claimed that he was still allowed to see his kids and that he was sober. As a matter of fact, two weeks in of him living alone, he had invited my family and his family on a camping trip. Something inside of me just told me not to go and to decline it. And that I did. Thank God I did because Mid's family were found dead in the woods. Mid hasn't been found in over 22 years. This isn't a story you can find online as his case is still being looked at. I really hope his family gets the justice they deserve. When me and my family had a free weekend, we would go to my dad's uncle's ranch to camp out. We would set up a tent and make s'mores. You know, the usual. But on this particular day, all of my cousins had also came. Now, I'd like to point out that me and my family are Mexican, and we have a lot of people in our family, so you can only imagine just how many kids were there. Anyway, when me and my older cousins would go play around and play tag, we would always feel like we were being watched, but we thought nothing of it because it was daytime outside. When it started getting darker outside, it also got colder, so we stopped playing, ate, and then listened to our parents' childhood stories. You know, the typical conversations between family, but something felt off. Every once in a while, we would hear footsteps, but we just assured everyone that it was an animal of some sort, but we would also hear screams of a woman, and we just thought it was someone messing around, but my dad started to get worried, and he went to call the police. My grandpa didn't really like that, and he was kind of mad about it. I really still don't know why to this day but it was probably because of all the kids there and he didn't want to make us feel unsafe. I really don't know, but the police eventually showed up and they went to go see what it was. Meanwhile, my grandpa was just making sure that everyone was okay, but when the police came back, they said something like, yeah, so we didn't really find anyone there, but we did find a trailer and we think someone's living in there, but so far there's no sign of anything else. We booked it the hell out of there. I don't know what was going on in that trailer, and I don't want to know. Me and my family still go there to this day, but knowing that so many things could have went wrong in so many ways, it's just really terrible to think about.